The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Your host, J. Paul Newman of the Monthly District Attorney Show, will now take you on a journey to explore recent Rutherford County court cases, cold cases, and more. We welcome everyone to the program. My name is J. Paul Newman. My co-hosts today are Rutherford County District Attorney General Jennings Jones and Rutherford County Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. We thank WGNS for providing the airtime. And we also thank our producer, Scott Walker. Most of all, we thank you for listening. In our Inside the Court segment, Rutherford County District Attorney General Jennings Jones will tell us about recent and upcoming grand jury, general sessions, and circuit court activity. Then Rutherford County Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch in the ever-popular What's the Law segment will discuss an area of the law that dramatically impacts our community. We will begin our broadcast with a special segment with a very special guest, Rutherford County Circuit Court Clerk Melissa Harrell and she will tell us about jury service and other important topics that every citizen should be aware of after you listen to these important messages. Do you suffer from peripheral neuropathy in your hands or feet? Burning pain, balance problems, and a decreased quality of life? Magnolia Medical Center can help. This is Dr. David Morris with Magnolia Medical Center, across the street from the hospital and the Ascend Federal Credit Building. Online at magnoliamedicalcenters.com. Hi, this is Jenny at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. For decades, Ryan's Flowers has been the good neighbor flower shop. Came across a lady like that, and it was on a chilly night. She almost didn't answer the door. And the last minute she did, she was so happy. The look on her face is just overwhelming. Every order from Ryan's is for a good neighbor. Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts, 117 South Academy, just a couple blocks off the square. Here at Music World and Drummer's Den, we've got the best drum and percussion brands in the world. Ludwig, Gretsch, Pearl, Yamaha, Zildjian, Meinl, DW. We've got a great lesson program for guitar, bass, drums, piano, and more. Hi, this is Dave Kivanemi. Give us a call, 615-893-4242 to get started. Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro. 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. This is David Jacobs, owner of the Happy Book Stack. We've added over 15,000 books since we've opened. We add 1,500 books every week. Kids' books, popular fiction, history, science, classical literature, something for everyone in the family. The Happy Book Stack on Mark Allen Lane behind the Driver's License Testing Center. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. We welcome... To the action line, the Rutherford County Circuit Court Clerk, Melissa Harrell. Melissa, please take a few minutes 
and share with our audience your background, your education, and your experience. Well, good morning, Paul. And good thank morning. You. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I'm a hometown girl. I grew up in Murfreesboro. I went to graduated from Riverdale High School. Uh, did a little bit of uh, MTSU. Uh, my background is I owned a bail bonding company for 24 years. I also had a private investigating company for a short time. It was not my favorite job. <laughs> but uh, with the bonding business, that's basically where I learned the most about the court system. And I bet in the bonding business, you learned a lot about how to deal with people. I did. In the bonding business, you, I worked with all walks of life, you know, and a lot of times they were, as a bondsman, in the jail at that time. And so they were at the lowest point sometimes in their life, or at least that's what they felt like. So, you know, my job was to, you know, get them out of jail and to assist them with, okay, these are your court dates. And you need to show up and to kind of help them like that and guide them through it. And a lot of times uh, I, I was at court every single day for 24 years. And so I, I was there with them and I would tell them, you know, together, we'll get through this and, and I'm going to be right with you. And Melissa, one of the things that I admired about you was you were kind of a pioneer. When you think of bonds, people, you generally think of guys, big guys, strong guys, things of that nature, but you kind of broke in uh, the female. Being a female in the bonding business was kind of unusual, and you handled that so well. Did you have any special difficulties in, in being a female bonds person? No. I, uh, it, it's just treating people as people. You know, I guess I was a great decor, uh decoy I guess you could call it for uh, for the bounty hunters and stuff because I would show up at the door and I wasn't six foot four and a big guy I was just a little girl or, or, or a young lady at the time but <laughs> yeah it was just I think it's all in handle how you handle people and, and and you show them respect and we're all humans you know we all learn from our experiences in life don't we yes sir and tell us now about your decision to run for the position of county court clerk. What was your motivation? I know it, it's county circuit court clerk, and I apologize. That's fine. I mean, you did good. Well, you know, never in a million years growing up would I have seen myself in the political arena. I, uh, I've always been a worker. I always uh, used to joke with my brother and my father that I was... I was the one who did all the running around, but or, or the PR person. But, but you know. Um, so your motivation was what to, to become? I, well, actually, I had been in the court system for 24 years, like I said, and my brother and my father both passed away, and we all worked in a bonding company together. And at that time, I I didn't want to go in the bonding office, so I prayed. Lord put me in a different path. And I had people come up and ask me to run for the circuit court clerk. And I was very nervous because I wasn't sure what they did. I mean, I knew what they did, but I didn't know everything. And uh, so I decided to run. And that was my motivation. One was to get out of the bail bonding business because every day, every morning, my brother and my dad would, would eat breakfast, discuss what we were going to do, head off to court and I was just, it was just so different when they were gone. 
And can you tell me, Melissa, who were the people in your life that were your mentors and inspirational examples? And how did they help you and shape you to become the person that you are today? I guess the two most people were, um, I'm sure the good Lord above had something to do with it. Absolutely. But also my grandmother, my grandma, which I called her grandma, uh, she owned Bell Groceries in Kittrell. And so I used to love to go in there, and she had a little play cash register. So when people <laughs> were buying items, I would ring them up on my pretend cash register. And my dad, you know, my dad uh, was very um, a good man, and he, he had lots of businesses that he would buy and sell, and he was into real estate. Um, he uh, owned, uh, started the Campus Pub, which is, you know, a local bar, but also... Um, uh, then he got into the bail bonding business and, and uh, uh, constantly doing something. So I liked to, to tag along with him because he was always doing something. You know, I have a special fondness for your father. I can remember back when I was in the district attorney's office, he invited me to go and speak to the bail bondsman's convention that was taking place here in Murfreesboro. And I considered that quite an honor. And it was an even greater honor for me because he was the one who asked me to do that. So I really did appreciate your father. Well, he thought the world of you as well. Now, in my next several questions, I'm, I'm going to ask you a whole lot about the Rutherford County Circuit Court Clerk's Office. My first question is, tell us about the Circuit Court Clerk's Office and what services it provides to the citizens of our community. Well, the Circuit Court Clerk's Office is an administrative office, and it has many, 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 many moving parts. You know, we are the keeper of the records, so we file all the documents. Uh, we coordinate different things like the dockets. We do the dockets for the judges. We take in fees. It's uh, we uh, Fees and fines, and then we disperse them out to many agencies and entities. Uh, it's, there's so many things we so many things that we do warrants you know enter those in a lot of data in, data entry uh, make sure that they go to the proper place they're supposed to just many many things and i understand y'all also go to the courts don't you yes sir we we are the clerks in the court and y'all help also with the uh, jury and things of that nature we do help with the jury we pull in the we pull the jurors in and do a jury orientation, and then disperse them to the courtrooms. So there's many different functions, and it takes a lot of people. So tell us now about your staff and the roles that they play. Tell us about at least a few of those people. Okay. Well, we have 64 all total. I uh, have uh, chief deputies. Each chief deputy is over the departments. There's several different departments. There's General Sessions Criminal and General Sessions Civil. There's Circuit Crip criminal and circuit civil also juvenile we have a collections department as well so each one play a major role in making sure that everything is done in that department making sure that everything's smooth uh, any little things that like may pop up that someone needs help with or something and everyone including myself is hands-on we all work um, to keep uh, everything running smoothly and you have, you say you had 64 people. I wasn't aware that it was that big, but I know you need each and every one of them and probably more. Mm -hmm. Approximately how many people come to the circuit court's clerk office 
needing help or assistance on a basically a yearly basis. I don't know how you estimate that, but I know it's in the thousands. Yes, we have 900 to 1,200 people a day coming in and out of that courthouse. And I had a list for you to um, tell you the number of cases. And actually, I think I still do. And we can get back to that if we need to so I can kind of throw out some numbers to see. But there's many, many cases that that we do. Let's see. Uh, in 2022... For the Circuit Civil, and this is just an example, they did 1,499 cases that they settled. And that's not including the cases that are active that aren't settled at this time. Uh, throw you out some more. Um, General uh, Circuit Criminal, they had 3,049 filings. Uh, they disposed 4,563 filings. So it's constant. Constant movement. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about jury duty, something that we really want to get into now. Yes. How is someone selected or subpoenaed to serve on a jury? How do they determine who gets subpoenaed and who doesn't? Well, they're pulled. Um, we pull 350 from the Department of Safety. That's how you get selected. So if you get selected for that, that's how it is. Is that from driver's license or what is that? Yes, for the Tennessee Department of Safety. And uh, there is a regular jury duty, mm -hmm. and there is a grand jury duty. Mm -hmm. Explain the differences between these two very important roles. Well, the, the grand jury is three days, and it's three days for three months. We started that during COVID. Then the... Did I say that right? Yes, that's the grand jury. It's three days. Now, the actual jury... Are, jury is um, is for one month. Jury service is a vital function of the democracy and is one of the most important duties of the citizenship. It's not a vol it's not voluntary but it's a civic duty. It's also a very rewarding experience which will give you an opportunity to participate directly in the administration of our justice system. It may require some adjustment of your normal schedule to serve as a juror, but we believe you'll enjoy the opportunity, opportunity to see the courts in action and to learn more about our system of justice. And does everyone have the legal obligation to serve on the jury, or, or are there exceptions that will get you out of jury service? Well, a jury summons is... You know, a court order to come to court. However, there are exceptions. There, um, there's certain things like if you're 75 above uh, of age, as of July 2021, I believe you no longer have to serve. But if you want to, you can. There's probably a lot more to that. Um, if you you have to be a citizen of the United States. You have to live in Rutherford County 12 months prior to your summons and different obligations like that. You can't be a convicted felon. Okay, okay. And if someone for some reason believes that they cannot serve on a jury for whatever reason and they want some advice or they just don't know, how do they find that out? Do they, who do they call? You can call our jury coordinator. Her name is Kim. That number is 615 907 
615-698-3566 or you can send in a fax by 615-691-5668 or email her and that's juryinfo, I-N-F-O, at rutherfordcountytennessee.gov. And we'll be more than happy to help you because a lot of them do have questions. Absolutely. And let's say that you do have to report for jury duty. Where do you park? Okay, well, we have a brand new, well, we call it brand new, but it's not exactly brand new. But we moved in our building in 2018, so if that helps you, uh, that's when everything started. We have a, a covered garage, which we're really proud of. And it is located at, uh, let me find the address. You would think I'd know all this stuff off the top of my head, but I do not. It's basically catty-corner from the judicial building. Yes, it's right across the street. There is an address for it, and I wrote it down on my notes. But Oh, here it is. The parking's available at the garage located at 2... 233 North Maple Street, and it is across the street from the Judicial Building, and it's covered. It's covered, yes. Yes, it's nice. Can uh, can your employer legally prevent you from serving on the jury? Well, there's there's some things that come with that. Um, they can't terminate you for the uh, serving on the jury. However, there are some. Uh, there's some exceptions to that. You have to, if you're a part-time employee, then they don't. You can be denied by your employer. If you've been employed there less than six months, or if your employer has less than five on his payroll, but most of the employers are very understanding. And does your employer have to pay you when you're on jury duty? Well, there is a TCA code for that, which is 22-4106, and I know a lot of people aren't aware of that. But they are supposed to pay you your normally hour, hourly wage. However, they can take what the state page pays you, which is a whopping $11 a day. So it's $11 a day. And I think parking, though, is free. So if, if you had to pay for parking, you probably would be losing money. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Describe the process that one has to go through once they walk into the door at the clerk's office and say, I'm here today to report for jury duty. Okay, when the, when the individual comes in, they're scanned in through our jury system, which that in turn checks them in and also helps them to receive their big whopping $11 paycheck. We do what we call a jury orientation, which we uh, kind of get them familiar with what to expect you know the unknown is very very nerve-wracking sometimes so we do a jury orientation i speak to them tell them kind of what they can wear what they can and can't bring in the building and a a few things rules and regulations and the judge will talk to them as well and answer any questions that we have just to get them comfortable and then at that point they'll start calling in nightly and finding out if their group is called My special guest today has been the Rutherford County Circuit Court Clerk, Melissa Harold. Melissa, do you have any parting comments? Anything else you'd like to say? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank the Rutherford County citizens for giving me the opportunity to serve again. And I want to throw out one more thing. The the Clerks Association, we support the all-timers. So they are having a thing May the 20th, which the money will go to the all-timers organization. 
uh, and that's at Hop Springs. And Melissa, I want to thank you, and I want to thank your entire staff. Uh, at the Rutherford County Clerk's Office. And did you have something else you wanted to say? Yes. On April the 7th, we, uh, our clerk's office is doing an expungement clinic. So if you have a record and you think you might be eligible to get your record expunged, please call in. And that would be helpful to a lot of people. I'm Absolutely, sure. to get better perhaps jobs. Perhaps getting their voting rights back. Voting rights, jobs, all kinds of things. So we thank you and you thank the clerk's office for the dedicated service that y'all provide to the citizens of our community. And when we return, we will go inside the courts. Hey listener, welcome to Lemu's Karaoke Lounge, where Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need, and the music never stops. Hit it! There's an emu with a full-time job. His partner's Doug, but Lemu's the heartthrob. Grubs and worms, that's what Lemu eats. Gotta fuel up to save you money and hit the streets. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We are your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street, online at TireWorld.us. This is Inside the Courts. A look at this month's trials, pleas, and grand jury action. Inside the Courts is presented as a courtesy of the Rutherford County Clerk's Office. Good morning, everyone. This is your District Attorney General, Jennings Jones, and today I will be your tour guide through this episode of Inside the Courts. We begin this segment by stating that none of the defendants named in upcoming trials or hearings have been convicted, and, of course, they are presumed by our law to be innocent. With that as a prelude, we will now go inside the courts. On October the 6th of last year, officers with the Laverne Police Department were dispatched to a residence on Almondwood Place in Laverne, Tennessee, in response to a shooting that led to the death of the homeowner, Miss Robin Taylor. Detective Tanner Noakes has been assigned as the lead investigator in this case. Miss Taylor's sister, Candace Davis, was on scene when officers arrived and initially stated that an unknown subject shot her sister and ran away. Miss Davis later changed her story and claimed her sister attacked her and she shot Miss Taylor in self-defense. At the conclusion of Detective Noakes' investigation and in light of the evidence collected on scene, it was determined that Miss Davis was not justified in shooting Miss Taylor. As a result, Miss Candace Davis has been charged with second-degree murder. A preliminary hearing was held in the Rutherford County General Sessions Court on November the 4th of this past year, and at the conclusion of this hearing, the court determined that probable cause existed to bind the matter over to the Rutherford County Grand Jury. The defendant is represented by counsel, Mr. Thompson Kirkpatrick, while the state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. 
On July 6th of 2022, deputies with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office responded to a residence on Panther Creek Road in response to a shooting. After receiving a 911 call, deputies discovered the body of Miss Clarence Roden, who had been shot multiple times. Witnesses at the scene identified Mr. Jeffrey Burris as the shooter. Mr. Burris was located and found to be in possession of a firearm. He was taken into custody and interviewed by Detective Kyle Narod, who has been assigned as the lead investigator in this case. Upon the conclusion of the investigation, Mr. Burris was charged with first-degree murder of Clarence Rowden. On December the 8th of last year, Mr. Burris appeared in the General Sessions Court of Rutherford County and bound his case over to the grand jury. Mr. Burris is represented by Murfreesboro Attorney Josh Crane, while the state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. On August 30th, 2022, officers with the Smyrna Police Department responded to a shooting at a gas station on Sam Ridley Parkway. Mr. Nicholas Patterson, who had been working that night, had been shot during the course of an attempted robbery. Mr. Patterson later died as a result of his injuries. Surveillance video showed an armed subject enter the store, point his firearm at Mr. Patterson, fire at least one shot into the ceiling of the store, and then shoot Mr. Patterson before running out of the store. Detective Steve Hanna with the Smyrna Police Department has been assigned as the lead investigator in this case. As a result of two other robberies, one in Brentwood and one in Nashville, Mr. Keanthony Williams was identified as a suspect. Upon execution of a search warrant, Mr. Williams was taken into custody and found to be in possession of a firearm. After being interviewed by law enforcement, Mr. Williams was charged with the first-degree murder of Mr. Nicholas Patterson. Mr. Williams is being held at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center and awaits a mental health evaluation. Mr. Williams is represented by counsel Mr. Ben Wetzel. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. On September 27th of 2021, deputies with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department responded to a residence on Bivens Hill Road in reference to a shooting. Once on scene, deputies located Miss Tony Odom, who was the victim of a gunshot wound and subsequently died from her injuries. Detective Ty Downing with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department has been assigned as the lead investigator. After interviewing witnesses and reviewing physical evidence at the scene, Detective Downing identified Erwin Odom, the victim's husband, as the suspect. At the conclusion of the investigation, Mr. Odom was charged with first-degree murder. Mr. Odom is represented by counsel, Mr. Josh Crane, while the state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Sarah Davis. On November the 7th, 2022, Mr. Odom waived his right to a preliminary hearing and bound his case over for presentment to a Rutherford County grand jury. On April 24th, 2021, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department heard shots fired and responded to 1621 Middle Tennessee Boulevard. Officers found Mr. Shakur Ali, who had been shot and later died from his injuries. Apollo Cantrell was identified as the shooter and fled the state. Detective Richard Presley with the Murfreesboro Police Department has been assigned as the lead investigator in this case. Through cooperation with the state of Iowa, Mr. Cantrell was apprehended. He is presently incarcerated at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center on charges of second-degree murder and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. He is represented by Murfreesboro attorney, Mr. Will Fraley. A preliminary hearing was held on February the 7th of this past year, and the General Sessions Court found probable cause to bind this case over to the Rutherford County Grand Jury. 
On October 24th of 2020, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a shooting that occurred at the intersection of North Tennessee Boulevard and Stonewall Boulevard. Officers discovered the body of Mr. Blake Bolton, who was the victim of two gunshot wounds. Albert Miles with the Murfreesboro Police Department has been assigned as the lead investigator in this case. At the conclusion of Detective Miles' investigation, Mr. Cody Gilliam was charged with the first-degree murder of Mr. Bolton. A Rutherford County grand jury indicted Mr. Gilliam for first-degree murder, especially aggravated robbery, burglary to an automobile, possession of meth with the intent to distribute, employment of a weapon during the commission of a dangerous felony, and conspiracy to the above. Mr. Gilliam is represented by counsel Mr. Brennan Foy, while the state is represented by Mr. Trevor Lynch. The next scheduled court date for this case is March the 7th of this year. On September the 18th of 2019, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a shooting on Journey Drive. Officers discovered Marquis Turner had been shot in the sidewalk after leaving an event at the Elks Lodge and later died from his injuries. Detective Cody Thomas with the Murfreesboro Police Department was assigned as lead investigator and developed Khalil Smith as a suspect. Upon conclusion of the detective's investigation, Mr. Smith was charged with second-degree murder and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. Khalil Smith is presently incarcerated at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center. In August of last year, a Rutherford County grand jury indicted Mr. Smith for second-degree murder, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and employing a firearm during the commission of a dangerous felony. Mr. Smith's next court date is set for March the 9th of this year in Rutherford, pardon me, in the circuit courts of Rutherford County. Mr. Smith is represented by counsel Mr. Stephen Perkins, while the state is represented by Mr. Trevor Lynch. On May 16th of 2017, the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to reports of multiple gunshots in the area of Gateway Apartments. Witnesses reported seeing a black male fleeing the area on foot. Additionally, a gunshot victim, Kendrick Love, was located in the front of one of the apartment buildings. Mr. Love later died from the injuries he sustained. Witnesses on the scene established that the victim went to meet an individual for the purpose of selling marijuana. Additional witnesses identified the individual as Tyshawn Patterson, who matched the description of the male seen running on foot just after the shooting. Detective Doug Arrington with the Murfreesboro Police Department was assigned as the lead investigator in this case. And at the conclusion of the detective's investigation, it was determined that Mr. Patterson went to the alleged marijuana deal armed with a firearm and with the intent to rob the victim. Mr. Patterson has been charged with first-degree murder and attempted aggravated robbery. Mr. Patterson was represented by counsel Mr. Kyle Parks and the state by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. A trial was held on February 22nd through the 25th, and Mr. Patterson was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison. On January 30th of 2023, Mr. Patterson was sentenced to 25 years for second-degree murder, 12 years for robbery in concert with two or more, four years for the facilitation to aggravated robbery, and two years for conspiracy to facilitation to aggravated robbery. Since Mr. Patterson was a juvenile at the time that he committed these crimes, he will be eligible for parole by state law after service of between 25 and 36 years. On August the 7th of 2014, the Smyrna Police Department responded to reports of multiple gunshots at a residence on Kings Road. Witnesses reported seeing a black male fleeing the area in a champagne-colored Chevy Malibu. 
The gunshot victim, Danny Wright, was located in the driveway of the residence and later died from his injuries. With no additional information, this case went cold until mid-2019, when a witness came forward with information identifying Enrique Dane de Corsi as the shooter. The investigation then revealed that Mr. Wright had previously worked on Mr. DeCourcy's vehicle, and Mr. DeCourcy was not happy with the work performed, and believed Mr. Wright had stolen approximately $2,500 by not completing certain repairs. Search warrants were obtained and executed on Mr. DeCourcy's home and storage unit. Ammunition for a 357 semi-automatic pistol was discovered at both locations, and a partially disassembled 357 Glock semi-automatic handgun was located at the storage facility. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation confirmed that based on the cartridge cases and the bullet recovered from Mr. Wright, a 357 Glock semi-automatic handgun was used to kill Mr. Wright. Mr. DeCourcy was arrested, but by law was allowed to make bond through the court system. In 2021, Mr. DeCourcy found the witness and killed him in Mayfield, Kentucky. Mr. DeCourcy was charged with first-degree murder by the Kentucky State Police. On February 1st of 2023, Mr. DeCourcy entered a plea to the second-degree murder of Danny Wright and received a 25-year sentence to serve at 100%. On February 2nd of this year, Mr. DeCourcy appeared before a Graves County, Kentucky court and entered a plea to the first-degree murder of the witness and received a life sentence. Mr. DeCourcy awaits sentencing in April to determine if the sentences will be concurrent or consecutive. And that will conclude today's look inside the courts. We're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Take control of your account management and energy consumption with the MyMTE app. Download from the App Store to manage your account, improve your energy habits, and more. MTE, serving to make life better since 1936. We're talking with Betty Atterbury. If I was talking to one of my friends, which I have been, I strongly recommend to come to Adam's Place. For one thing, they're five-star. They've got a very good reputation. I was here several years ago in the rehab part. I really like Adam's Place. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adam's Place. 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Good morning. Still quite a bit of traffic volume trying to get down from the north there on 65 southbound. We've had a series of earlier accidents scattered down I-65. Uh, the last one we have was around Highway 31. It's not too far from Lighthouse. I can still see some slow traffic through that section of Robertson County on 65 southbound. Again, working its way down from the north. 24 is still moving coming in from Rutherford County. Hey, Prince's Hot Chicken is catering. They're online. Prince'sHotChicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. What's the law? Time now for an examination of the laws of Tennessee. This is not intended to be legal advice and is being presented solely for the informational benefit of our listening audience. You should always consult with an attorney whenever you need or rely on legal advice. Good morning, listeners. 
today I want to take this opportunity to talk to you about Tennessee's self-defense laws. I want to start by saying that this is just an overview of our self-defense laws. To fully discuss the entirety of the laws would probably require a proper three-month course. Having said that, we all have the right to defend ourselves from an unlawful attack by another. But when and to what extent? Tennessee Code Annotated 3911-611 sets that out for us. Section B1 states, A person who is not engaged in conduct that would constitute a felony or a Class A misdemeanor and is in a place where the person has a right to be has no duty to retreat before threatening or using force against another person when and to the degree the person reasonably believes the force is immediately necessary to protect against the other's use or attempted use of unlawful force. So what does that mean? Well, first and foremost, it must be determined if there is a duty to retreat. Think about flight or fight. If a person is engaged in a felony or a Class A misdemeanor, then they would have a duty to retreat before they would be justified in using force against another. So if I'm committing a crime at the time someone attacks me, I may very well be required by law to try and run away before I would be justified in standing and fighting. However, even if I am engaged in a crime, I may still have the right to defend myself against unlawful force. If I'm unable to retreat safely, I then would be justified in using force to defend myself. Understand that if the force being used against me is lawful, then I would not have the right to defend against it. How much force can be used? Section B1 states, to the degree the person reasonably believes the force is immediately necessary to protect against the other's use or attempted use of unlawful force. This section only contemplates non-lethal force, meaning if someone punches me, I would not be justified in taking out a firearm and shooting them. Also, the degree of force used to protect oneself must be reasonably believed to be immediately necessary. If someone tells me, the next time I see you, I'm going to knock you out, the law would not support me attacking that person right then and there. It is not intended to allow preemptive strikes. Section B2 addresses lethal force. A person who is not engaged in conduct that would constitute a felony or a Class A misdemeanor and is in a place where the person has a right to be has no duty to retreat before threatening or using force intended or likely to cause death or serious bodily injury if A. The person has a reasonable belief that there is imminent danger of death, serious bodily injury, or grave sexual abuse and B, the danger creating the belief is real or honestly believed to be real at the time, and C, the belief of danger is founded upon reasonable grounds. So all three of those factors must be present and apply before a person would be justified in using lethal force against another. Section C provides additional protection to persons' residence, business, dwelling, or vehicle. Any person using force intended or likely to cause death or serious bodily injury 
within a residence, a business, a dwelling, or vehicle is presumed to have held a reasonable belief of imminent death or serious bodily injury to self, family, a member of the household, or a person visiting as an invited guest. When that force is used against another person who unlawfully and forcibly enters or has unlawfully and forcibly entered the residence, business, dwelling, or vehicle, and the person using defensive force knew or had reason to believe that the unlawful and forcible entry had occurred. So that means inside your home, your work, your barn, shed, storage building, covered porch, or even a tent and your car, it is presumed you would have a reasonable belief of imminent death or serious bodily injury to yourself or anyone else present with you in one of those places when you use the force against another person who has unlawfully and forcibly entered one of those locations. Understand, before force can be used, you or someone else must be present within one of those places before the presumption would apply. If I see somebody breaking into an outside shed or my vehicle, I would not be justified in taking out a hunting rifle and shooting the person from my porch. This, this presumption does not apply if the person the force used upon had a lawful right to be in or is a lawful resident of one of those places. This would include the owner, a lessee, a title holder, unless that person was prohibited by some type of valid court order. I don't have a presumption of fear against someone who has a legal right to be in one of those places. The presumption also does not apply if a person is attempting to remove their child, grandchild, or other person within their lawful custody or guardianship from one of those locations. I would not have that presumption of fear against a person who is removing their own child or their own grandchild or other person that they are responsible for. This presumption does not apply if the person using the force is engaged in a felony or Class A misdemeanor or is using the residence, business, dwelling, or occupied vehicle to further an unlawful activity. I can't engage in criminal activity or use one of those locations for the purpose of criminal activity and then claim the presumption. Finally, the presumption does not apply if the person against whom the force is used is a law enforcement officer entering that place in the performance of, their, of the officer's official duties. I can't claim this presumption against police officers lawfully doing their job. So who decides if self-defense applies? The judge determines if a person had a duty to retreat before they were justified in using force. The judge will also determine if the law on self-defense will be provided to a jury. However, once that determination has been made and if self-defense is fairly raised by the proof and the judge decides to instruct the jury on the law of self-defense, then the state must prove beyond a reasonable doubt to the jury that self-defense did not apply or the force used in self-defense was not justified. Thank you, listeners, and that would conclude this segment of What's the Law? The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.
Right now that time, 8.56. Well, that tornado watch remains in effect up until 1 o'clock today. We told you about that earlier this morning. Again, tornado watch in effect up until 1 o'clock, which means conditions are indeed possible for an actual tornado to develop. It's not an actual tornado warning at this point. It is a tornado watch, so you need to be on the lookout for a possible tornado possibly forming in Rutherford County. Now, despite that, we have continued to talk about the severe weather that is expected throughout the day, and that severe weather does come with gusty winds all throughout the day. In fact, wind gust up to 60 miles per hour. It's been, I think, since around year 2000 since we had the warning of wind gust up to 60 miles per hour. And then sustained winds between 25 and 40 miles per hour. But that's what we're looking at today. Nashville National Weather Service meteorologists believe the high winds before and after this front moves through will be a big weather storyline for today. Now, for that reason, again, they've issued that high wind warning that started at 6 a.m. and goes up until 6 p.m. tonight. And once more, we're going to see some winds from the south sustaining at speeds of 25 to 40 miles per hour with wind gusts up to 60 miles per hour, possibly throughout the day today. Then that tornado watch remains in effect up until 1 o'clock. We'll keep you up to date on the weather situation all throughout the day today, so make sure you stay right here on WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947. This is WGNS Murfreesboro. As we end our program today, we thank WGNS for providing the airtime. And we thank our producer, Scott Walker. And special thanks to our very special guest, Rutherford County Circuit Court Clerk, Melissa Harrell. Most of all, we thank you for listening. Our next scheduled broadcast is Friday morning, April the 7th at 8.10 a.m. on your good neighbor station, WGNS. We leave now by saying, a safe community is the responsibility of each and every one of us. For my two co-hosts, Rutherford County District Attorney General Jennings Jones and Rutherford County Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. This is J. Paul Newman bidding all of you a safe and blessed day. The District Attorney's Office thanks you for listening to today's program. If you have any information regarding criminal activity in our community, please contact one of our law enforcement agencies. The information presented on today's show is solely for informational benefit and not intended to be legal advice. You should always consult an attorney whenever you need or rely on legal advice. Rutherford County's most trusted name in news. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro. 
And we're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric has Sharing Change, the charitable foundation that is funded by members who round up their electric bills to the nearest dollar each month as a donation and support of hundreds of local nonprofits. Find out more at sharingchange.org. 